What is Pay It Forward? In each episode, we team up two women from the same sector, but at very different stages in their career. They share their biggest issues, nuggets of advice and leadership lessons. This is live mentoring and you're listening in. I'm your host, Kate Bassett, and today we're joined by two female entrepreneurs from the food sector. The first is Renee Elliott, who was into organic food way before it became cool. She started the country's first organic supermarket, Planet Organic, in 1995. She's published three cookbooks and now runs Beluga Bean, a business and life skills academy. Today, she'll be chatting to Olivia Wallenberg, the 31-year-old founder of Livia's Kitchen. She has created a range of indulgent and delicious sweet treats, and they're all gluten, dairy, vegan, and sugar-free. Welcome to you both. I'm already feeling bad for having a full-fat latte and pastries this morning. Um, so just to kick off, tell me um, how you both got into the food sector. Renee? It started when I was 19. I had this kind of epiphany because I was reading a book at university on the meat industry in America and the horrors of the meat industry in America, really, and the the details of intensive agriculture. And I was just really shocked that that's what I was eating, that that was on my plate, and that no one was really looking after me and the food I was eating in a way that I thought they should. And when I learned about how they don't care for the animals, how badly they feed them, how badly they're treated, I couldn't see meat as healthy food anymore. So I became a vegetarian. But it started me on a journey of questioning and looking for better. And that's been my life search, better better food, which is why I started Planet Organic, and now better life, better work, which is beluga bean. Brilliant. And Olivia, what made you start your business? So I was diagnosed with intolerances to pretty much everything under the sun, um, including wheat, dairy, but also things like garlic and onion. Um, and that was five years ago now, and it made my life very difficult. And at the time, I was studying neuroscience, very much committed to pursuing a career in paediatric neuropsychology. Um, but I needed something sweet to eat that actually satisfied my sweet cravings and felt delicious and indulgent, but that was free from all the ingredients I had to stay away from. And there was nothing. There was um, five years ago, there were some data nut bars and energy balls but those weren't things that you wanted to dunk in a cup of tea Um, and that's what I needed so I saw that there was a gap in the market and I set out to fill it. And where are you at with the business at the moment and what are some of the challenges you're facing? So very different stage to um, the one that we were at five years ago we're coming up to being in 5,000 stores now Mm -hmm. across the country and we have three core product ranges we have million squares nuglets and dunks and we're expanding all the time I have a team of 16 people and for the first two years it was just me and a couple other people and so now the team is really growing and has that momentum. Um, Challenges is probably, I mean I could talk for a long time about the challenges but people is definitely one of them. Finding the right people has been really hard. Um, I've lost some people who have been great along the way Um, Some people just haven't been the right fit, the right cultural fit for the company. Um, People is always just something that you have to be on top of as founder and CEO, but it's just not always easy. And what you see in an interview isn't always what you get in day to day. Um, Delegating, I think, at the beginning was really hard and now I've become an absolute pro. At the beginning, I really wanted to cling on to everything. I wanted to pretend that I could do it all, but actually I can't. And there are so many things that 
I'm not that good at. So now recognizing that other people can come in and do things better than me has really changed how I handle every day because I can give someone a task and I know that they'll handle it in a better way than I would have done. Um, but that was a challenge um, actually getting to that point of being able to hand things over to someone else. So those are just a couple of examples. Renee, did you struggle with that? Did you struggle with the delegation and finding good people? Well, they always say in business, it's people and machinery. <laughs> Those are always what you're worried about. We either had fridges breaking down or people leaving. So yes, I'm pretty good at delegating because I I love surrounding myself with really good people. And again, that is, it's an act finding people. And as you say, what you see in front of you, people can interview really well and it doesn't always come through. But creating good teams, the training that goes along with that is key. And I was very much into team training and starting that very early on. Um, so it's it's a journey. You know, then it became other issues, trying to separate the shop from head office so that we could open other branches and it was bolting on other stores. The complexity of the business as we went into online and all of that, you're constantly learning. You know, you can't say, well, you usually don't know how to run a business when you start a business anyway. It's you're learning about everything. But it's the goalposts are constantly moving. And the great thing about entrepreneurs is they embrace change. You have to be a change maker. Mm. Renee, what's keeping you awake at night at the moment? <laughs> Nothing keeps me awake <laughs> at night. Um, I, I've always been a good sleeper. I think the only thing that really kept me awake at night was having babies. My, I had three children who never slept and, um, that was torture. It's absolute torture. I hate being tired, but I'm in a really good place right now. I, I'm, I'm older and wiser. I think I've been on a journey of discovery, but I also practice what I preach at Beluga Bean. We talk about well-being across the six spheres of well-being. And I find that if I live that, talk. I feel very well. I feel very balanced. I'm taking care of myself and I'm really thriving and feeling quite energized and excited about life. Was there anything um, practical that you did to get you to that state of nirvana? Yes. Because very few people on this show say nothing keeps them awake at night. I've, it's been a very gradual <laughs> process and, um, and I'm learning all the time. And I, you know, you may talk to me next week and I may say, Oh my God, life's falling apart. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's been a long journey of this aspiration of better living better. And that's this upward spiral of improvement that I'm, I've always been committed to. So one of the things I did last year, for example, is I thought, wow. And it's as I get older, I become more conscious about myself and the things that I do. And I thought, wow, I'm very good at spinning plates. I have three kids. I have a business. I have all these interests. But I sometimes sit down and go into overwhelm about the volume of work I have. So I had this mantra for a while, which is I have time for everything. And that made me feel better. But I don't think I was actually achieving any more. <laughs> so after a while, that morphed into I'm taking the time to do everything. And I felt I was more productive. But what happens as a mother, wife, female entrepreneur, I get pulled in so many directions. And sometimes I don't get to do what I want. My desire isn't the priority. So I now take time in the morning, I get up 45 minutes earlier. And I say that I protect my sleep. The most important thing within that is that I've protected my sleep by going to bed earlier. And I get up in the morning and that's my time. It's called my head start. And I use it either to 
prioritize, always to prioritize what I'm doing in the day, what's the most important thing to do that day, whether it's one thing or five things, because my to-do list is always way too long. But sometimes it may be writing a personal email. It may be baking muffins for my kids for breakfast. It's whatever I want to do or whatever the day before I've thought, I haven't done that. When am I going to do that? Now I think, oh, tomorrow morning. Even if I have a jam-packed day, I know I have that window in the morning to do things. And I have some clients who say I cannot get up or any earlier and I'm not a morning person and they do it the night before and they they have their head start the night before because they're really great when they've put the kids to bed or when the house is quiet and they can do that. Mm-hmm. So just find a way to carve out that 45 minutes yes. of you time. Um, Olivia, do you struggle with overwhelm? <laughs> yeah, you could say that's a nice way of putting it. Um, I'm probably in a very different place to the um, one that Renee is in. Um, I, I've always had struggles sleeping. Um, and now, especially doing what I do, I feel like there's just a, a lot of pressure on me at any one time. And the thing that I find very difficult to deal with is that in my industry and when you have a food brand, especially, a lot of the time things aren't in your control. Um, and so things like manufacturing, for example, we don't do our own manufacturing. So we have a co-packer and we have to find a, an outsourced solution, essentially. And what that means is that I'm not in control of the day-to-day manufacturing. And that often poses a problem. For example, if we need to triple orders because we've got a huge order that's come in from Tesco, let's say, um, it's not in my control if we can actually deliver on time. So that's something that I struggle with. Um, at the moment as well, very sadly, one of my employees was diagnosed with breast cancer just a couple months ago. Um, she's only 26 and that's been really difficult. And those are the kind of things that I feel keep me up at night and I worry about her, just how she's feeling, how she's coping with the whole thing, whether I'm doing the right thing as her employer. Um, because, you know, when I started, this is this, uh, this is my first job. I came straight from university into this and... I'm learning, as Renee has said, on the job. And you don't really get told at the beginning, what do you do when one of your employees is diagnosed with cancer? And so um, you just have to follow your gut. And I'm doing probably what is quite unconventional in many ways and what big corporates definitely wouldn't do. And just supporting her in every single way that I can. Even last Friday, for example, I sat with her for hours in her chemo room um, just kind of trying to give back as much as I can. But it's all those sorts of things that you're not prepared for that end up keeping me up at night. Um, but you always overcome it. And when you do, there's another new challenge just around the corner. Renee, how did you deal with that when you were running Planet Organic? Well, I'm, I'm a long-term meditator, and that has been my rock, really, because I was not as calm when I was younger And it's the thing that really keeps me grounded and sane. And I also have, I've done a lot of personal discovery work, which um, plays into what I do now. But what I learned, which just made all the difference to me, is I I learned the belief that, that I trust in the universe, that I trust in the unfolding of life and everything that's happening around me. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to give it meaning. But I trust in the process. And that kind of frees me in a way mm-hmm. and allows me to accept what's happening and just kind of roll with it. 
and not worry about, you know, did I do something wrong or did I do something right? And that also plays into a belief I have about there's no, I used to think, oh, that was a success or, oh, that was a failure. I, you know, really messed that up. And now I don't see success or failure because success is you do something right and it works. So you do more of that. Failure is you do something, you make a mistake, maybe it doesn't work and you learn from it and you do something different. So it's all learning. I think the only failure is when you do something that doesn't work and you don't learn from it. So as long as you're learning and moving ahead, that's that's important. But also it's just that trust I have. I really have absolute trust that it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's always okay. The most awful things I've been through in life, I'm always okay. And obviously you you make yourself okay by self-talk, by ways that you handle yourself when you go off center. You know, you recognize that. You have the tricks that you use to pull yourself back on track. But it's that belief that it's okay and that life is good in the end. Olivia, how do you pull yourself back on track when you're having those dark moments? You know, how do you stay sane? Um, I think it's exactly that. Um, I've we have a joke in our office that the number of times I say a day, everything's fine. <laughs> so there'll be like a crisis and I'm like, guys, everything's fine. <laughs> just keep just, telling yourself yeah, that. Yeah, and but genuinely, if you keep telling yourself that, you do believe it. Um, so I think you, you become a firefighter when you own a business and you become the expert in putting out all of these fires around you um, and you have to stay calm and just like Renee has said, you have to learn from the mistakes that are made. And so everyone in my team, for example, they've made a number of mistakes, but it's never, there's never a kind of, I point fingers at them and they say, how did you do this? It's more, how are you going to learn from it? Um, and that's a really important skill to learn, I think, as you're managing people and growing a team. Um, for my personal sanity when things are, <laughs> when things are getting really tough, um, I work out a lot. So I do my workouts early in the morning usually about 6 30 um a.m so I wake up at 5 30 and I just go to the gym and I just have real me time where my focus is on you know can I hold a plank for three minutes um most often the answer is no I can't but I'm still <laughs> working on it and my focus is on the plank rather than on all of the things going on in my mind and it just really helps me to recenter and refocus um, I go to the office early because I'm an, a morning person and that's just where my head is just clear and I can bash things out and be my best self. By four o'clock, usually I'm just like tired and I'm done and I recognize that sometimes. So that's when I'll switch off from doing all of the really hard work and I'll just go through my emails and all the things which I can do without having to focus too much. I take a step back sometimes and just spend time with my fiance, with my family, with my friends and just appreciate the people who are around me who support me through all the difficult times Renee do you have any advice on running a business and maintaining relationships because you ran your business with your husband for many years mm. didn't you yes so I have what I've I have coined a phrase that I I really believe in and I I talk about a lot because it's so critical in your relationship with yourself with uh, professional relationships, personal relationships. And it's what I call the sacred triangle of relationships. And it's trust and respect, which are kind of two sides of a coin, underpinned by good communication. And by that, I mean telling the truth quickly 
And I always say, if something's awkward, just put it on the table. If you put it on the table and talk about it, it's no longer awkward. Mm -hmm. And that relationship of trust and respect starts with yourself. So it's, and I often find myself saying to women with whom I work, you know, what does your gut say? Trust your gut. What do you think you should do? Forget all the noise of all these well-meaning people telling you what they think. What does your gut say? So that's listening to yourself and then trusting your intuition and respecting that you have that inner knowing inside of you. But then that relationship is about your relationship with your partner, with your parents, with your siblings, your people you work with. And it is transformative. You know, if you think of the where the world would be if people trusted and respected each other, mm-hmm. it's night and day. And it's been in it's created a remarkable difference in my relationship with my children, that I treat them with trust and respect. And that's mutual. And I insist on that. We talk about that. And we have good communication. We put if something's awkward or isn't being said, we don't do the English thing. <laughs> we, we put it on the table <laughs> and talk about it. And it's it's very powerful. So that is my that is my go to place for all relationships that are important. It's very lonely being an entrepreneur. Who who do you turn to for advice, Olivia? Do you have a mentor at all? I don't have um, an official mentor, but I have a lot of people um, who support me in in so many different ways. So I have a chairman now who has been hugely supportive and instrumental over the last six months or so. My parents, my parents are like just my sounding board always they just deal with the wrath of me (laughs) every single day I'm like I can't believe that's happened and they just listen and they support and what's great about them is they're so different from each other now we'll sit in the same room as each other my dad will give me some advice my mum's advice will be completely different and they almost and this is how they raise me as well they they allowed me to choose which bit of advice I felt more at one with Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like oh I had to choose one or the other sometimes what they would say would make me realize what I actually wanted to do myself and take neither of theirs opinion on board but um they have been just so supportive the company really should have been called Evelyn and Tony's rather than (laughs) rather than Livia's I I I owe so much of this to them um my fiance as well I mean how he deals with me I have absolutely (laughs) no idea I'm just um I'm just always alert I'm always thinking so I'll be watching a film and I'll realize I haven't watched the first hour of it and actually I'll just say to him in the middle what do you think about if I did this and that and completely interrupt the film and he's like are you not watching this I'm like no (laughs) I actually haven't watched a second of this and he's just so patient and He's in a completely different industry and he's not not an entrepreneur himself. But for me, that calms me. And I think I look at other people who have been able to do businesses um, with their partners. And I think it's amazing. And it's definitely not me because I like some respite in just coming home and knowing that he actually has been doing something completely different. And if I want, I cannot talk about this. And he'll never ask me a question about Mm. it because he recognizes that I just need some downtime. So... I have a lot of people. My friends have been amazing. The ones who are truly friends have stuck around. The ones who probably weren't that great friends in the first place haven't been able to manage the fact that, you know, I'm very rarely free to actually see them. Um, But the ones who can't know that if they need me, I'm always there. What would be um, the one leadership lesson you've learned, Renee? 
<laughs> How long have we got? <laughs> um, well, what's one I can think of, which is interesting, is I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of them are saying, you know, when I get to this point, that it's about the destination. When I hit this turnover, or when I can raise this money, or when my team is this bigger, I can do that higher, then it will be okay. But we're always moving the goalposts as humans. You know, it's you get to that point and then it's what what's next. And you're always you could always be chasing something. And what I've learned is it's all journey and it's only about the journey because that's all you have. And that's why we talk so much about at Beluga Bean about enjoying the journey, because it's if you don't enjoy the journey, why are you doing it? It may be all you have. You may never get to the destination. And, and that's about all kinds of things, taking care of yourself, having fun. You know, sometimes we talk about having fun and people say, yeah, I'm having fun. And I say, well, are you having fun with your kids? Uh, maybe. Are you having fun with your husband? No. You know, it's about having fun. Otherwise, what's the point of any of this? It's not about the destination. So that's a that's an important one to remember. Yeah. Enjoy the now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you both about your style and how it's evolved over the years and whether you think what you wear to work matters. Why are we laughing? Oh, I, <laughs> I'm laughing because my jeans have just become stretchier and stretchier. <laughs> I mean, I eat chocolate for a living. So um, I actually think before I started this, I had great style. I always, I just, I so loved um, just following fashion. And um, I was never really into designer stuff as such, but I loved high street and just bought everything that kind of like, look trendy and felt good um and now it's all about what's practical um and it really depends on what my day looks like I would say because um if I'm just spending the day in the office what that will often mean is someone will give me about 10 different types of cookie or chocolate to try because there's always testing being Mm -hmm. done in our in our development kitchen and so on those days I really like to be comfortable and it's all about stretchy pants (laughs) (laughs) all those waistbands are just a godsend but I'll try and pair them up with like a nice shirt or something so I don't look too slimpy um and then on the days when I've got like important meetings maybe with investors or a board meeting or I'm meeting a buyer I'll just put something on which feels like me so I'm never one of those people and nor the people in my company who will put something on because it feels like a uniform as such they people in my office are allowed to dress however they want to and I think it's part of the love of that it's a startup vibe and Mm -hmm. you know I don't make my employees be anything other than who they are and so they're allowed to dress in whatever they want for me I mean that's just it's very casual if you saw me in anything that was too foofy and (laughs) smart you'd be like well where are you going so I'm always just very casual but you know when things like photo shoots come along you have to think about just like the brand and fitting in but generally I like bright colors I'm here in pink today Renee (laughs) well it's such a funny question because I never And I used to say this a lot publicly. I'd say, well, obviously, I don't care about clothes. I care about food. And I will spend any amount of money buying the best quality organic food. But, you know, I'll agonize for weeks over spending money on a pair of shoes. I just don't because I don't really care and I don't want to spend the money on it. And um, I used to kind of make fun of myself about that. And then I had children 
And, you know, my eldest is turning 18. So for all that time, I've put, I spend everything on them. But now they're growing up and I'm thinking, hmm, I like clothes and I like <laughs> nice things. And I've started spending money on myself with clothes, which mm-hmm. is a really nice thing. Mm-hmm. And I go for a kind of classic look, mm-hmm. sometimes a bit casual or fun. But I just, I like buying clothes now. And my husband's great because he'll say, I think you should go spend some money on yourself. I think oh, you should go nice. shopping. Nice. And I think, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah which so, so now it's, it's fun. I, it's something I never thought about when mm-hmm. I was younger. I was really focused on the business. I was focused on food. Yeah. Um, and then my kids, they had the greatest clothes and I was in like jeans all the time. But now, no, I'm stepping up. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you both what you're doing to support and help other young women. Olivia? Um, I do a few things. So I I always make sure to answer every single one of my emails, always answer every single one of my direct messages on Instagram, which is a little bit difficult and time consuming now because we have a lot of followers um, on there, but I'll make sure to carve out some time every single day so that I can go back to people. And the majority of those messages are women who are asking for some advice, whether they're trying to start their own business or some advice in the job that they do. Um, And what I always try and do on my Instagram as well is keep it very open and honest and real. Um, So I'm not about that kind of glossy Instagram profile that a lot of brands try and keep up all the time. What I try and do is actually show people the highs and the lows because that's how people learn and I think that's why we have a large social media following because it's authentic and they see me as I am and there's no pretending to be anything other than who I am every single day and sometimes that means sharing my story about holy cow what am I going to do we're meant to launch in boots tomorrow and we don't have our packaging hasn't (laughs) arrived and what does that look like and you know I show them with purple face and I've been crying and I'm stressed but I think people really respect that and I hope that a lot of women who want to start their own thing are following me and they can see that yes there are hard times but look if she can overcome it so can I. Renee? I try and be generous with my time so I do a lot of speaking events and fireside chats over 40 a year where I am um, I'm very open as well and I always tell the truth. I'll talk about anything. And I often say, you know, ask me anything. I'll talk about anything because I think I've heard, I've heard other people have said to me, you know, I've gone and listened to these super amazing, successful women and they talk about how easy it is and how great it's been and how much money they've made. And I'll always tell the whole story. And I think it's really important for women to hear that because it becomes very achievable for them. Then they think, yeah, I could do that. Um, if you, know how to face hardships and move through them. I think that's really useful. At Beluga Bean, we hold two breakfasts a month. And those are very warm, informal breakfasts where we sit around the table. We have a theme. It may be looking at your financials, uh, balance in life, workflow, parenting we just did. And it's a roundtable conversation that's very honest and very inspiring and the purpose of those is to create a family of support in London and it's really about identifying problems unlocking 
pinch points so that you create momentum and funding inspiration every month so that you feel great about moving forward. Um, and I also, as you say, you know, I get emails and calls and I, I try and respond to everything and I see people, you know, I, I could spend my whole life having cups of coffee. I have to say, I try not to do that. So the breakfasts are a really nice way to see people, but it is very much about giving back. In terms of paying it forward and supporting other women, can you think of one um, phrase or quote that's really stuck with you? For me, I think um, something that has really resonated is that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Um, Mm. And my mum says it to me all the time. And she'll call, I'll call her, she'll call me, and she'll just randomly say it to me because she knows I need to hear it. Mm. Because one of the things that I've cha- I found challenging along the way is that I, I was one of the first brands in the UK to start doing better for you treats when I used to show buyers that I was doing a better for you millionaire shortbread they were like I'm not sure that this vegan thing is going to be a thing so much mm-hmm. um, and how things have changed over the last five years and other brands have come into this space and at some point it's been really difficult for me because I'm very supportive of other brands coming in and the more brands, the better because the more awareness, it's just creating buzz in this industry. Um, But it's very difficult when it's slightly too close. But what my mum always says is right in that, well, they're following you, you're you're leading it. And Mm. if you always, yeah, if you always remain to be the leader, then you're doing it right. So as long as you keep leading and not following, then mm. just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's funny. My my tip is something my father said to me, and he said, because when I was little, I wasn't, I don't have the highest IQ. I wasn't the brightest bulb in the box. But he <laughs> said, he said, there's no reason you can't do what anyone else can do. And I was naive enough to believe him. And, and I really <laughs> think it's believe in yourself mm. because I now know that anything is possible and the only limiting factor is our thoughts and you can change those you can work on those so i say follow the dream follow your heart do what you want and absolutely believe in yourself olivia and renee thank you so much for your time today we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of pay it forward brought to you from madeira at treehouse london If you loved it, make sure you subscribe and please rate and review us to spread the word and pay it forward. For any links and key takeaways, check out our session notes.